Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. All right, we're going to talk a little about this Lutzen stuff because this story has been breaking this afternoon. Right. We got a, a press release from the Cook County Sheriff's Department saying that the Lutzen Resort is now considered a crime scene. And then they went on to say, you know, right. nobody's going to be allowed down there. The sheriff's yes. office is going to be patrolling the area that it is now officially a crime scene. Which is startling news. Uh and there have been kind of outstanding questions about that lodge sure. and the ownership and yep. debts and on and on. So Janice Shortle updating, saying she just got an email from the sheriff in Cook County saying, quote, it is not a crime scene. Oh, my gosh. The release was worded incorrectly. We are sorry for the confusion. And then the DPS updating the cause of the fire is still under investigation. We apologize that we were not clear in our communication today. We are working to preserve the integrity of the fire scene and keep people safe by asking them to stay out of the area. I think you can still have a a scene under investigation and also call it a crime scene. That doesn't negate... Yeah. You know what I mean? I think when they call it a crime scene, it does make you feel, whoa, it's an arson investigation. Right, yeah. And really, it's still a fire investigation, trying Mm -hmm. to figure out what the cause is. I would assume there are gawkers and people with maybe personal connections or memories or people coming up there. I assume there's some reason for why they felt the need to escalate the situation by formally kind of saying like hey this is a scene you sort of assume any fire is a crime scene while it's under degree, investigation right? sure so i don't know was this a lot of noise about nothing was this someone got out in front of it and said what they meant <laughs> but perhaps they're not to that point yet i don't know well, and the other but thing going to be this, a heck of a story once we figure right. out what the real deal is. I'll tell you as well, Jason, another thing that's been very frustrating about trying to cover this story today is uh, these outfits that send a press release late in the afternoon on a Friday. Yes. With contact phone numbers and two different people that you can try to call to get more information and confirm things. And they don't they don't nobody, talk. They yeah. don't pick up their phone. It's kind of like. Poof, I'm sending out the press release and I'm out the door. The Friday news dump, it happens all the time. All the time. But usually in a larger story like this, if you're going to drop a bomb like that late in the afternoon on a Friday, you better be making somebody available to talk about things and clarify it. Yes. So, who knows? Who knows? What we say is who knows. We still don't know what caused that fire. True. And don't go walking around up there. Exactly. Fire fire investigation is fascinating science, isn't it? Usually mm. they can figure out, and I think there are some indication they, they have an idea like where, where it this started. started, yes. And that often can lead you into a forensic examination of what 
was there an accelerant? Was there not? Exactly. Like, can usually kind of figure that stuff out. But it's old. The fire is sort of the most old fashioned of police work where like when you really get down to a suspicious fire, getting the goods on it. Yeah. A lot of time. I mean, we had that. Wasn't it a bar in, in St. Cloud that went up and it turned out it was the owner? Mm. And uh, it's just like good old fashioned, like detective work. It is. You know, you never it, it's not like I think these TV shows give us the idea that like, oh, you'll find that one piece of DNA that'll mm. unlock the whole thing. But mm-hmm. a lot of times it's really just, well, somebody squealed on someone mm-hmm. and that's how you get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Super Bowl this weekend. We are we're having a family get together. Nice. It'll be good. Um, and with that comes a little bit of strategy about what, what kind of food we're going to have. Yeah. What's the plan? Well, so Alyssa asked me today, like, is there anything you want? And I said, well, I want, uh, my legendary homemade French onion dip. Do you make it? Alyssa points out that I have talked about making French onion dip Mm -hmm. probably half a dozen times on television <laughs> and i did make it once <laughs> well is this like a major tricky thing no, to do no it's not difficult to make but i love french onion dip like yeah. the, the cheap like the top the tater yeah. version or even just the kemp's like you go to the dairy section of the grocery store delicious it's delicious but you can make French onion dip with onions and a lot of them, and it's delicious. Mm. So I am going to make that, and then I'll have made it twice, and then I can maybe more legitimately refer to it as, as my your French onion. It's my dip. tradition. Yes. <laughs> um, I think we're gonna do like chili mm-hmm. because that's low maintenance. You know, once you get making it, you just let it simmer, and you don't yep. have to babysit it. That's sort of part of the deal for, for me anyway. I'm making a chili, too, tomorrow. I've already thawed out the meat. Mm. Uh, beans in your chili? Or yes. No? Yeah. Black beans and kidney, not kidney, um, chili beans. The chili beans. Yeah. Yeah. 651-461-9226 if you want to text him what's your must-have at the Super Bowl party. I, I For me, it's a dipping situation. Mm-hmm. Guacamole. I do, I do like to make... Guacamole. Yes. I, I once ended up in urgent care <gasps> on my birthday. It was a birthday party. Bad guacamole? Uh, bad knife skills. <gasps> Where? Okay. How, did you cut your finger or yes. your thumb? Like yeah. gushing blood and you it had was to gushing. go. To, okay. It wouldn't stop. That I had to go. That happened to Chris once too. On the day of a birthday party that we were having at our house for Charlie when he was maybe <laughs> seven or eight. And Chris cut his, his finger on... Yeah. He was opening a can with a can opener, and the can got him. And it was just this gusher, like 15 minutes before all these parents were going to show up with their little kids at our house. And our neighbor had to take him to the hospital in a truck that he claimed he fueled by uh, using old grease from restaurants that he picked up here (laughs) and there. So it's a whole tale. Avocado-related injuries. Uh, the the latest data I have, uh, 
sent 9,000 people to the emergency room. Wow. In, in 2018. From trying to slice an avocado? Yeah. Okay. We have now, we have this plastic tool. Mm-hmm. So it's like a serrated plastic edge. And it's got like a another thing that you like uh, slam it on the seed. Yes. To pull that out. So you're not stabbing anything. Got it. It was embarrassing. Like I, I have people coming over for my birthday, and then I go to the ER and I, or the urgent care because you know for a while you wait. You're like, well, this is gonna stop. It's no bleeding. big deal. How is there so much blood here in a hand. in a little hand? I know. Did you need stitches? No. Okay. And that was embarrassing. Then they just wrap it up. I'm like, well, how much did this? What did I come here for this? <laughs> yeah, give me some stitches. <laughs> give me something. I think they glued it. They yeah. glued it. Yeah. Oh, man. I know. We'll do that. I don't know. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Tomorrow we're going to Egan. Oh, what's in Egan? So uh, we're doing, like, there are a bunch of restaurants that I've wanted to go to, and mm-hmm. I just haven't had an open time to get out yeah. to Egan. And this sounds so stupid. Like, if you live in Minneapolis and St. Paul, going to Egan is not that big of a deal. No. It's 20 minutes away. You're crossing the metro, though, like yeah, diagonally. It's, it's exactly. Yes. If we had a diagonal highway for maybe a hyperloop, <laughs> some sort of hyperloop from Maple Grove to Egan. But otherwise, it's like a 45-50-minute sure. uh, operation. Yeah. So. Where are you going? I have a list of places I want to check out, but there's a place called Southern Social. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another place called, uh, what is it called? Kitchen and Rail. That's mm. the other place. So those are two that I want to check out. Have fun. If anybody has Egan suggestions, text them in uh, because that's what we're doing. Nice. It's very strange to take a field trip to another suburb. Yeah, I <laughs> bet like, it is. What are you doing? I know. But I don't know. I got to check. You got to check some of these places off. And people who live in Egan are like, how come you never write about any of our yeah. restaurants? Yeah. It's like, well, you're correct in the criticism right so we're going to try to deal with it how about you this weekend we are going to check out the new jazz club in the north loop called oh berlin, berlin. I can't yes wait. yes it's they, supposed to be fabulous you know a little bit about this place right a little bit yeah it's uh, uh the story behind it is is very interesting mm-hmm. so it's the old asco finlayson yep uh right, right next to what's porzana now and a guy bought the building to put like his healthcare company on the on the top, right? Top, yeah. But he's a music lover. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I want to. He was like in Germany, hence the name Berlin. And he's like, I would like a club like this. Mm-hmm. And it's my building, and so I can. <laughs> I think it's going to be so. cool. Is it cool? The yeah. pictures I've seen are amazing. Swanky. It's designed by the same guy who did. This guy, uh, he was on our show, in fact, Aaron Whitcamper, who did Mr. Paul's Supper Club. Yep. He did All Saints in Minneapolis. Oh, yes. Um, And he did Dario, the new restaurant that just opened in the North Loop. So he's sort of having a moment. Yeah. What's cool about him is he's an artist. So a lot of restaurant design firms are architectures and interior designers and all of this. Yep. Aaron's background is art. He's a painter. Cool. And, uh, yeah, just very cool. So I can't wait to get your report. Yes. We have, like, the Dakota is fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have some sort of concert venues, right? Mm-hmm. But when you think of, like, a club. In Minneapolis, you're talking? Or just yeah, Twin Cities like, in general? 
do we yeah. have like really a music club? Well, the the jazz this is like clubs. 80, 80 seats, I think, so a little yeah. smaller. Smaller, and it's going to be j- mainly jazz and other other genres as well, but not like a rock club or anything. So yes, so you have the Dakota. Now we have Berlin in St. Paul. There is a jazz club called KJ's Hideaway. That's kind of cool, little dark, little listening room. Um, yeah, so cool. it's cool. We're we're getting into it. Love it. Uh, I know at Berlin, like, it's ticketed. Mm-hmm. There's, like, a cover charge. On, on weekends? Only on Friday and Saturday. Most weekends, but this weekend there is This not. weekend it's free. Yep. Yeah, and any night of the week. It's like, that'd be kind of fun, right? Yes. Like, 8 o'clock. It's just, yeah. if you're like us, empty nesters, right. you're like, 8 o'clock, Thursday night, like, go check it out. Yeah. Fun. And I think Saturday when we're going starts at seven, even better. Do you guys bat on Super Bowl? Do you do like No. We do like the we'll do like prop bets, I think, for mm. us. Yeah. I'll make a little silly bet. It's like quarters at the, or stuff, you know. On the puppy bowl. <laughs> I love the puppy bowl. What do, what do you wait if you're wagering in the puppy bowl, what are what are the what are the wagers? About? You just no, I don't wager. I just pick who I think is gonna win. Ah, but there really is no. Everybody's a winner is in there, the puppy bowl. How did? How is there a winner? I there have really to say, isn't. like I, I <laughs> like my understanding of the puppy bowl is low. Yeah. I I will say I am annoyed that Joe Biden isn't doing the the mm-hmm. Super Bowl interview. Right. I think it's unfortunate that it's become like. Did Trump skip it one year? I don't remember. Or make Biden has skipped it now two years in a row. Hmm. I don't know. I kind of like that tradition. Like, you know, yeah. Answer a couple questions, joke around about football a little bit. Right. Like, it makes these. It makes our politics a little more normal. Mm-hmm. I would agree. We're, we're losing some of those those moments, those human for moments. sure, especially lately. Yeah. All right. Well, have a good weekend. Thank you. You enjoy too. the club. See thanks. you next week. Yeah. Thanks, Laura. Five twenty-one. That's the D Rush Hour. Uh, well, that's the nothing. That's the conversation with the Laura. That's the Laura hour, the Delora hour, the DeRush hour news headlines coming up in a minute. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Dear Rush Hour news headlines from many people's least favorite person on WCCO radio. It's me, Jason. It is Friday, the 9th of February. Finally, it's sort of cold enough for the ice bars in downtown St. Paul for snowboarding the Red Bull heavy metal competition and a Minnesotan taking part. I mean, Benny Milam. Yeah. This this guy just gives you everything you want in a snowboarder, right? He he's from Minnesota, but you would you would pull him right out of Central. Just so funny. Gotta go see my snowboarding homies. What's up, bra? 
if Matthew McConaughey was a snowboarder, <laughs> so good, he'd be Ben. Uh, Benny Milam grew up in Chisago City. Uh, this guy is so talented. Twenty five. Uh, this weekend's Red Bull Heavy Metal event is going to be super fun. Street snowboarding, rail riding, right all around the state capitol building. Kyrie Johnson in the Pioneer Press reporting uh, about Benny, saying he was first introduced to snowboarding by two older brothers and another legend in the community, professional snowboarder Micah McGinnity. And uh, Benny says his journey started at a big sled hill near his house in Chisago City, but it was Micah who motivated him to keep at it. Throughout high school, he actually did online school so he could travel for competitions uh, and other U.S.-based tours with Red Bull. He's 25 years old. This is his full-time job. He often has to create and find his own training environments. He said he spends five to six hours shoveling. you got to shovel that snow to create the jumps. And then you only spend, you know, you spend five or six hours preparing your own course, and then you spend 30 minutes kind of boarding and of course, creating video content, which is the key to the whole bit. A mystery employer in Maple Grove revealed you can see why they were so secretive about this. A year ago, Maple Grove reveals plans for a project called Project Libre. Imagine the doofuses over in my hometown, City Call, City Hall. Like, well, we can't say what the company is. I guess we need some kind of code name. How about Project Libre? Okay, all right, all right. There's like one over enthusiastic staff member who's like, "I've got it," and everyone else is like, "All right, Larry, fine, Project Libre." The employer is a British arms and aerospace manufacturer, BAE Systems, land and armaments. Uh, they got a place in uh, Fridley where they make the MK-45, which is a five-inch artillery gun uh, that the Navy uses here, the U.K.'s Royal Navy uses. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what they're going to be making in Maple Grove, but it's going to be a big facility. And uh, uh, the Minneapolis-St. Paul Business Journal says... It will become a top five employer for the city of Maple Grove, at least 500 people in this warehouse, R&D facility and manufacturing spot at right at Highway 169 and I-94. Used to be a gravel pit. Hate your ex? Why don't you name? Oh. I was being overdramatic there. You just gave a pause and I wasn't I know, following along in the I script. Know, That's sorry. my bad. It's my bad. Go ahead. It's try right. it again. We'll edit this part out. It'll be fine. Hate your ex? Name a litter box after them. <laughs> I think it was worth hearing the whole clip there. Absolutely. It was very nice. Star Tribune reporting that an animal shelter in Detroit Lakes has a fundraising, pu- fundraising push that started today. The Humane Society of the Lakes selling naming rights to litter boxes. Ten bucks, but if you really, really hate your ex, fifty bucks to name an animal whose procreating days are numbered because some things shouldn't breed. (laughs) How mad are you at your ex that you're willing to go 50 bucks to name the cat that's about to go sterile? First names only, the Humane Society says. They're not letting you. 
So tough luck for my ex-girlfriend. Donors are anonymous as well. Why are all the cats named Jason? <laughs> uh, naming a letterbox is sort of funny. You're like, oh, look, it's a cat taking a dump on Dan. I hope they have a live feed, right? Like, that's what really makes it funny. If you could watch the live feed of, you know, Mr. Snufflebutts, like, kind of. That's the D-Rush Hour news headlines <laughs> on this Friday. It's 532. We'll take a break, do traffic and weather, and then come back with Don Mitchell. Fox 9's Don Mitchell has started a new podcast. We'll talk Super Bowl. We'll talk about the dawn of sports as well when we come back. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.